Welcome to Fundamentally Drained Podcast with your hosts, Father Everett Lees, Father Tom Dahlman, and Justin Dixon. Three Christians exploring Christianity from a perspective other than the fundamental view from which we have become fundamentally drained. We'll begin the conversation, and you take it from there. Today we will talk about justification by faith. And, um, you know, I, I was doing some reading this morning on it, and, and um, one definition that came up, and I'm going to turn it over to Everett to kind of give it to us, but it said, justified before God through our belief in Jesus Christ. And so, Everett, I'm going to let you take this in a way that it is a... Um, I'm interested to see where this goes because I, I don't know that everybody on our podcast here agrees with what justification by faith is, means, how it plays out, uh, the idiosyncrasies of it, if you will, or whatever. And so, Everett, why don't you begin and we'll just tear this sucker apart as we go. <laughs> um, so, I, you, know, you know, for me, just to start with is... Um, you know, justification is, is how are we made right with God? Um, and we can, you know, completely un, un, unpack that. Um, this really kind of arose as part of the Protestant Reformation in which there was a lot of things that kind of had gotten added on over the years about how uh, one was made right with God. And, and part of the Protestant Reformation, particularly Luther, um, was to be critical um, of those, um, some of those excesses and, um, and, and Luther ended up saying it's, you know, it's justification, you know, basically that, that, that Jesus is the way in which one is saved and, and things that we do or don't do, you know, don't add or subtract to our salvation. Um, and so I, I would start, start there. So, um, and what you just defined for me is what I understand as grace. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, and it's interesting because I, I didn't, I did not grow up with justification by faith being a common term or phrase. Um, I would say it was much later until I heard the phrase. Uh, but then in some circles now, it just seems like that's it. That is what it's all about, and that is the gospel, if you will. And so, um, Tom, what are what are your th opening thoughts on this? So, the big debate in the Christian world, at least the evangelical Christian world, is um, John Piper is kind of a traditional three, four-point Calvinist, maybe five-point, I don't know. And uh, and he is arguing the traditional Calvinistic doctrine, what you might hear in any kind of Southern Baptist church, PCA, Presbyterian church, those kind of churches in that stream of the Reformation. And it's the thing I grew up with, is, which is, Essentially, you're justified at the point of faith in Jesus, that you have, when you come to a personal um, 
relationship with Christ and at the beginning of your faith walk, then you're justified by faith. And I would argue, along with Bishop N.T. Wright and a lot of other people, <laughs> that it's based on a misunderstanding of Paul. We are justified by faith, but I would not think that it's not, I would say the big difference is it's not our faith that we're justified mm. by. We're justified by the faith faithfulness of Christ. Ooh. Uh, my my faith and that's the how I would sum it up in one sentence. All right, let's back up. Let's back up if that's okay. okay. Everett, keep your thought. Um, because I, I don't want to jump ahead of this one too fast. So Tom says, um, argues as NT Wright does, that it's the faith of Jesus that makes us right. And so um right being righteous. Don't think we're in an argument and I'm right. Um, but righteous is what that refers to, I think. Right. Righteousness. Right? Okay. Righteousness, um, which there is an understanding, jump in here where I'm wrong, that before God, we must be declared righteous. Does that work yeah. into that before? And, and I'm going down a hole here and I'll get to it in a minute. Um, probably later actually. So, um, okay. Now let me back up here. Tom, you, you, you can't you threw this out and you can't just walk away from it. You, you got to explain to us what three and four, five niner point Calvinism is. Okay, so that's the uh, so if you grew up in say the Baptist world, sixties and seventies, you grew up um, kind of Armenian. Okay. Yep. And and since the great conservative takeover of the Baptist world, they've been essentially becoming Calvinist. And it's it's five point. So Calvinism is five point. Is you can remember what Calvin Calvinists believe, at least modern Calvinists, with the acronym acronym TULIP, total depravity, unconditional grace. grace. Yeah, L stands for limited atonement. I is uh, gosh, Come on, obviously. Tom. Obviously, I'm not a five-point Calvinist. <laughs> you stop because you can't remember it? Does that make yeah. you like a one-point Calvinist? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I forgot today. <laughs> it. Okay. One second. Talk uh, amongst Google yourselves. It. Let me Google give you a topic. It. Google it. All Irresistible right. grace. What is? Irresistible grace. And P is... Um, what is P, Everett? P is perseverance of the saints. Yeah. So... Um, Irresistible grace, and if you're listening to this and you're a nerd, you probably know it anyway. So that is Calvinism. That's five okay, point real. Calvin. <laughs> that was a compliment, by the way. Just a just to it was flesh a that out. That was a compliment, not you're a nerd. Get off the <laughs> stop listening to our podcast. <laughs> Episcopalians are not really, uh, although there is some some and that, and that was a talk dig. about. Predestination in uh, the old article 39 articles in the back of the prayer book. We're not really Calvinists. We've been kind of going in the opposite direction of them since the Reformation. We had a little bit of Calvinism in us at our founding, but it's been going the other way. And uh, 
So, and we would not start with the total depravity of humanity. We would start with God looked at creation and said, it is good. And there is no um, sin that's strong enough to erase what God has done. Evil is not stronger than good. It cannot. You can throw all the crap you want on top of the Mona Lisa. Somewhere under all that crap, the Mona Lisa, the the masterpiece is still there. Hmm. And the devil and evil and sin are not stronger than God. So that's where we start. And so that's essentially the argument. Interesting. Okay. Thank you for in my opinion, in fleshing my opinion. that out. Um, okay. So uh, one back. let's go back one more thing just to get all of our <clears throat> definitions out. Armenian. Um, you mentioned that. She said she probably grew up, you were probably Armenian. What does that mean? Why do you ask me these questions? Because Justin? people otherwise, otherwise, it's like when I, as I grew up, I would listen to someone and they'd be talking and they throw out these big words and I'd be like, uh huh, got it, uh huh, got it, and just you know, it's and as I, <laughs> as I get older, it's like, why would I do that? I want to know what it is. So let's let's help people understand, including myself, what it is as well. Um, so if you're and if you also grew up Church of Christ, like I did. You are Armenian. Um, so that would be... Um, so it's kind of... They would say it's a reaction to Calvinism. <laughs> um, like a so-called liberal, in quotes, reaction really? to Cal- Calvinism. <laughs> yeah. It's wow. not liberal, though, by modern definition. Yeah, right. right. But, but it's from the 17th century... And it basically says humans have free will, which is the opposite of Calvinism. Because mm-hmm. Calvinism, you're saved by being in the elect. Okay. Predestination? Yes. Okay. And which and which, which letter was that on the tulip? <laughs> in the total tulip. depravity. Oh. Because you're totally depraved. Uh, okay. Um, that's where it is starting in a different place. So... Um, Basically, Armenians, which Baptists used to be where I grew up, we were, that and Anabaptists mostly are, um, you have free will and that the sovereignty of God um, and humans' free will are not incompatible, essentially. So Calvinists would say that humans don't have free will because... Because we can never be so unsinful that we could choose grace. Hmm. This they emphasize the horribleness of sin, essentially. So sin is so strong that it prevents me from being able to choose the right path. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yep. So craziness. So if you're part of the disagreement is starting is that they're starting from different places. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Thank you, Tom. Well done. Sure. Way to rehash seminary. <laughs> Man, I wish I had learned that stuff in seminary. Oh, <laughs> oh my bad. <laughs> that was, that way, was more well, church nerdism. Way to rehash light reading. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's jump back to where we left off of the faith of us 
versus the faith of Jesus. Now, I find that interesting that you mentioned that um, we are so, um, whatever the T is in tulip, um, total depravity, is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. Sin, that we could actually choose faith. Um, which is, it sounds like, and maybe I'm getting Armenianism, Armenianism, and I can't say that word, Calvinism mixed up here, but it sounded almost like they say that we can choose faith, but yet um, we're full of sin. I don't know. That's a weird one. That's that's hard. I, I have to, I can't, I'm if not going to If you're a Calvinist, you do not believe that humans have the goodness in them to choose God. If you're we're Calvinism, all, okay. If you're a Calvinist, yeah. Okay. There is no free will. There's not enough, anyway, for us to be able to choose. And that's Piper, God. right? Yes. And so does Piper just not believe in justification by faith? So faith, that's a good point. See, I've always thought that they were inconsistent with each other. And that's what I was getting at, because before we bring in the faith of Jesus, this tulip... <laughs> disqualifies mm-hmm. the fact that they could be justified by faith. I know we're in the well, weeds and this may We should not have them matter. here to defend themselves, but I don't I don't have an answer for that personally. Okay. But y- they would say no. Did you fall asleep with your Titans blanket? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Everett. Hello? Everett? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Any thoughts there? Um yeah, so um, gosh, I don't know where to go. Um, so the, the whole idea of predestination, um, you know, is that God has elected some, then there's double predestination in which God has selected some, and then has, there are some who are unelected. Um, <laughs> and double predestination. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So there's some who so there are some there are some who are elected, but then the other idea is that there are also people who are elected to go to hell. So that no matter what they do during their life, they're elected to go to hell. And what this ended up doing was creating um, a religious construct where faith became about proving that you were part of the elect. Oh wow! And okay. How did you do that? Is that you know you you went you went to church. You didn't dance. You didn't you know you didn't smoke. You didn't drink. You didn't no, do footloose. <laughs> right. And and so in order to sort of prove your being part of the elect, um, faith became all about um, the right moral behaviors. And in America, where we have have this sort of notion of the Protestant work ethic, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, mm. it fit really well. And so largely American evangelicalism um, has been, whether they intend to or not, been proving that you are part of the elect. So even if they don't believe in, in, in predestination, um, we have this um, – this constant current in religion in America where that is the goal. Um, and so this is why um, uh, most of 
preaching in America today is sort of, you know, five steps to a better marriage, uh, seven steps to financial freedom. Mm. Uh, or And then on the Protestant, you know, like on the liberal Protestant side, it's about, you know, well, here's, here's the food bank you need to go work at. And here's the outreach ministry you need to go do. And it, it right, so it's not that any of the like, good marriage, finan- you know, being financially sound, working at a food bank, all good things, right. but those are right. not the things that are going to make you righteous. Good. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hmm. So the 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 predestination <clears throat> point <laughs> and double predestination. <laughs> part two uh and then so oh, i don't know where to go with this now man that is just that's a lot to think about so um let's go back to uh the catholic church and was that something that was justification by works that's the critique of it that's the critique of justification by works which is well, what the reformation go ahead they're responding to that, yes. But so, and I think if, most people would say that there were excesses. There were, sure, sure. So, what's if, interesting is is that uh, Roman Catholics and basically Luther come to the same point, but by the time they came to the same point, they were so far divided that they just couldn't even understand that they were actually saying the same thing Hmm. okay tom so i would suggest you go back and listen to episodes about virtues Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but in that one of those episodes we kind of detailed how um over time we lost the early christian idea of theosis right of how we cooperate with god Mm -hmm. um for our salvation, the earlier, the early Christian idea of salvation. Um, so they're responding to when the Catholics, you know, the the continental reformers, so the ones in Germany, France, Switzerland, those guys, they're responding to the extremes of them raising money essentially for the Vatican. So they're selling indulgences right, because right, right. by they have the idea that you can you have stored up merit in heaven, right. which was a twisting of of real Catholic theology, which was older. And um, anyway, go back go back and listen to that episode. But the point is, I think the real point is you have to know the history to know where the argument came from and how it got off right and and modern the truth is i think modern calvinists and um say the some of the reformers in the uh say the armenian stream who and even humanists are all essentially saying the same thing which is Well, actually, they're saying a di- very different thing. They're 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 two sides of the same coin. So Armenians and humanists on one side are saying 
like humanists are saying we can save ourselves through logic. It's not about salvation. It's like we're we're in in and of ourselves with everything we need, but we need rationalism, logic. Uh, Arminians are kind of essentially saying we can figure we can figure this salvation stuff out, you know, and God will save us. We're justified by the faith. We learn the faith. The other side of the same coin is the other side is we can't figure jack squat out, you know. <laughs> it's all about, but it's all about. Um, it's a response to kind of that merit based system, but it's funny how it's really the same thing. Mm. It's all about, they're all asking the question, what, where does the human effort uh, come fall. into play in all of where this? Where does it fall? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. And so, and, and so each time you either have how much you do or how much mm-hmm. you don't do and yet you rely on God. Or, uh, so which brings back to the faith of Jesus. Yes. So that in itself, and you and I spoke about this a few months ago, um, I had never heard that, um, idea there. So, um, as opposed to, because I was in a place of that, it was always our responsibility to believe in Jesus, the life, the death, the resurrection, um, which justified us, if you will, I, I don't even, that phrase didn't come into my language for a very long time, but saved me. That faith saved me from hell, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, and in in turn I would receive eternal life, float on the cloud, play the harp, blah blah blah. So, um, in that radical regard, individualism applied to scripture. Say again. Yes. I said radical American individualism applied to scripture, and yes, we can save ourselves by figuring it out. But that is not the early Christian idea. But go ahead. So you um, repeat what you just said. You said you, uh, you said radical individualism. We can save ourselves by figuring it out. That's that idea. Yes, that's yeah, that's okay. what radical individuals think. Us Americans, we America. we read the Bible <laughs> and we think it came down from heaven in a gold box just mm. for us. Right. You know. And if we fig- and if we get all the answers in our head, then ding, another one for yes. the stanza. And that's that's our the Arminian, that's the rational, that's the humanist side okay. of it. Okay. Um yeah. Okay. All right. So um so let's talk about the faith of Jesus. Then it has nothing to do with us. It is all about the faith of Jesus. Is that I'm the not- idea? Explain that it's, for me. There's no one saying we shouldn't have faith. Okay. There's no one saying we shouldn't grow in faith. But the just of the faith, the faith that really mattered was the faithfulness of Christ. So I would go watch the movie The Quiet Place, and there's a scene where the father in the movie, um, his children are about to get eaten. The whole movie is a Christian allegory, in case you don't know. And their children, his children are about to be eaten. And the father screams and he has his arms out. And it looks like Jesus on the cross. And the death that was coming for his kids comes to him. So that's his faithfulness. So it's not God was angry. God needed a sacrifice. It's not, it's something else. It's Christus Rex, the victorious Christ, um, defeating... Um, the death we are bringing upon ourselves. So, 
And and I think that Paul's idea, N.T. Wright would say, that Paul's idea of justification is more about the church than salvation. It's, and it goes back to virtue and theosis, how our role in it, we're, we're adopted into the family. Um, we receive that name, but it's, and then we work and God works and it's, it's a process. So I feel like it's the middle, it's the middle way between it's all about what I can figure out and it's, and it's all about total depravity. Those are the two extremes. It's got, and that's how I look at it, but I'm doing all the talking here. (laughs) That was a lot. You just spewed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, but it reminded me too. Um, it just you actually just kind of identified something that I do is <laughs> I will that I will ride the radical individualism train until I get to something I don't understand, and that's when I call on the mystery <laughs> of God. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I'd be like, "Ah, oh, this must be the mystery part. Let's right. just sit and you know." <laughs> revel in the mystery. <laughs> okay, while I collect my notes from that rambling, I mean, uh, yes, good statements, not rambling. Um, Everett, anything to add to that? No. <laughs> well, Everett's not going to help buy me time. Okay, Sorry you, for talking so much, Everett. You threw Christus Rex in there? Victorious Christ, yes. Victorious Christ. So what's the difference between that and Christus Victor? Or is that the same thing? Uh, same thing, yeah. Okay, okay, all right. Essentially. Uh, okay, so we've jumped into cross <laughs> doctrines now. Um, man, I, I, I'm going to have to – that just muddled my head all up. Um, so let's jump back to the very beginning, justification by faith. Um, I like what you said about how um, – in the Book of Common Prayer, I believe, or or just in the Episcopal faith, it is something to where, as you open up the first page of the Bible, um, it says that we were made, and we were very good. And Creation, yeah. Say again? Yes. Okay. Yes, in the Bible. <laughs> and from that, that's a place to where Episcopalians work from. Not trying to say Episcopalians are right here, but that's a place that we work from as opposed to the tea and tulip um, where we are just muck and we can't do anything without, um, or we were never good. I assume Mm -hmm. that's what that means also, right? Right. So what does... before the fall we were... Before the fall, right. Okay. 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 All according right. to and, them. According to them. And, yeah. and this is, and, and so, I mean, so one of the issues that, that, that um, I think Episcopalians run into is, is they sort of stop there. And as Tom alluded to, um, you know, the, we, we also have a doctrine um, of the fall and that can kind of take forms in, in many ways, but there, there is this idea that in this good world that God created um, that sin has entered into it and and there are some of our um sisters and brothers who you know seem to deny the reality or the truth um of sin um i i think um uh, david bentley hart who's a uh, orthodox theologian is helpful here in which he says you know essentially sin is is a parasite uh, it has no essence of its own it just simply 
um, is only able to live because it attaches itself to something. Um, and that ultimately for heart and largely orthodox theology is, is that things like um, evil and brokenness have no meaning because of what Christ has done. Um, hmm. So for, you know, so for, so, so this is why the Orthodox church is typically um, sort of a Christian universalist church um, is because for them, evil is not, d does not actually exist as a thing. Um, and so um, justification in that sense is that there is this divine um, liturgy and drama that is unfolding. Um, and as Christians, we just get a glimpse at the end. So, you know, it's, it's be sort of like um, if you're watching the first Star Wars, A New Hope, and you see this Darth Vader and you're like, oh, this is he's horrible. And then you get to go and mm. see, oh, and he real, you know, he sort of saves Luke and and ends up, you know, realizing there's good in him. And so then you read everything in between those two stories differently. Hmm. Great, um, saving. <laughs> Great saving metaphor there, Everett. Good job. <laughs> Or Snape and Harry Potter, right? I mean, you first, right? You know, six books, you absolutely, you know, hate Snape, and until the very end of the seventh book, you're still hating Snape, and then you're like, oh my god, like, and so you have to read, and that's sort of what we have to do as Christians, I think. We're total spoilers. We've just what? ruined Quiet Place and Harry Potter for, <laughs> for people now. Okay, um, man, that was thick, um, but I, it was it was very good too. I think there was a lot of information there. I'm gonna kind of uh, sit back and and sit with this for a minute and see if there is a part two out of this, and uh, I'll call on you all for that as well. Um, so justification by faith, something um, that I I hear from certain uh, denominations very often as being something extremely important, and and it is. Um, but just to the point of where um, and, and what it means, uh, that's the interesting thing, too, I think. And, and uh, Tom, thanks for that term, radical individualism. Uh, I think through that, we are all trying to define what it is and, and, um, and where we're at and how we hold that and how we work past that and understand it. And uh, then, of course, throw in works <laughs> into the middle of that. Uh, but in reality, if we all began as good and we rely on Jesus' faith, I'd say that's some pretty good news. <laughs> so thank you all for listening, and may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at, at @fundrainpod. We'd love to hear your comments on our episodes and also suggest future episode topics. Also, if you enjoy what we're doing, go on to iTunes and give us a review, please. Thanks a lot.